Welcome to Momentum Africa. I'm your host, Hashim Mek. Our show features African leaders that are shifting the paradigms in their fields. We explore themes of leadership, economic development, current challenges, and how these leaders are providing innovative solutions to be catalysts of change in their communities. Here at Momentum Africa, we understand that there are no panacea to all problems. And this is why we examine the following topics. The influence of past and current leaders, economic development, philanthropy, culture, and health within the continent of Africa. Good morning, good afternoon, dear listeners. In this episode, I welcome Dr. Gabriel Dayalo to Momentum Africa podcast. Dr. Dayalo has over 35 years of experience in international relations and currently serves as the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network President and Chief Executive Officer. Dr. Diallo, welcome to Momentum Africa podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about your, uh, your background? Uh, who is uh, Jibril Diallo? Thank you for this opportunity. Right now, uh, as you mentioned, my name is Jibril Diallo. I'm President and Chief Executive Officer of the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network, an international organization headquartered in New York, USA, uh, which has got uh, recognition by the United States government and also is in consultative status with several United Nations agencies, programs, and funds. Before then, I worked uh, in the United Nations in uh, different capacities from the UN High Commissioner for Refugees through UNICEF, uh, through uh, UN Development Program to the United Nations Joint Program on HIV AIDS. So this is a position where we are supporting, we as African Renaissance and Diaspora Network are supporting the work of the United Nations to popularize the sustainable development goals by 2020. Uh, so with this incredible work, uh, I know you from, uh, your background is uh, from Senegal. So for our viewers and listeners out there who might not know uh, where Senegal is, can you share with us uh, what Senegal is, uh, is where it is located and what does it offer uh, in Africa and the world? So we get a glimpse into uh, this uh, amazing uh, country in uh, West Africa. Mm-hmm. It's a country which has been independent uh, since the 1960s and has never had a uh, military coup. It has got very strong and vibrant uh, democratic uh, governance uh, going on. And it has a population of about 16 million people. Very, very vibrant country. Uh, if we can talk a little bit about your, uh, your organization and uh, what do you do you know, with uh, the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network, what can you share with us that uh, so far your organization under your leadership and this uh, richness of uh, experience working with the UN and other organizations that you, you have been able to bring within this uh, time frame that you have been able to uh, lead the organization? The African Union Commission has declared the diaspora as the sixth region of Africa, namely the sons and daughters who have been scattered outside the continent for centuries now. They become the sixth region of Africa. The mission 
of the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network is to breathe life, to turn this recognition into reality through specific programs, through specific activities, bring the daughters and sons of the diaspora into sustainable human development in Africa. How do we do that? Number one, uh, we work closely with the United Nations system, uh, which were adopted in 2015, and we go all the way to 2030. And we use, there are 17 sustainable development goals, and we use three entry points in order to operationalize these sustainable development goals. One, we work very closely with the creativity, the dynamism of youth from Africa and from the diaspora. Number two, we work very hard to bridge the gender gap. That is to bridge the gap between women and men. And in the sustainable development goals, that is called SDG five. And in the framework of that sustainable development goal five for gender, we have launched a campaign called giving a red card to all forms of discrimination and violence against women and girls. What does it mean? It means that we want to use the convening powers of sport and culture in order to say no to any forms of violence, any forms of discrimination against women and girls. Because for those of your listeners and your viewers who know football called soccer in the United States, a red card is signifies a very serious violation of the rules of the game. And when uh, a player gets a red card, he or she gets booted out of the field, of the playing field. So we want to make sure that in today's world, we boot out of the field anybody who's doing any form of discrimination and violence against women and girls. That is why we're using this powerful image by saying that your listeners can join in and they can sign the pledge to make sure that we get 1 million signatures by the FIFA World Cup of 2022 in uh, Doha, Qatar. Uh, so that by signing the pledge, each one of your listeners is committing himself or herself, making sure that we say no to any form of discrimination and violence against women and girls. So that using uh, youth, and uh, women as uh, entry point number one. Entry point number two is really, we see how do we work with African countries to strengthen the quality of education, quality of higher education in Africa by fostering partnership agreements between African universities and universities say in the United States. And the third and uh, final point is, to work very closely with those elected officials who are closest to citizens of every country. And those are the mayors. So that we have an organization called the World Conference of Mayors in the United States that has had a lot of sister city uh, partnerships with uh, African universities. The African, the African uh, cities, African mayors, I beg your pardon. The African Renaissance and Diaspora Network is a network of networks. Members have got to belong to a network. 
so that uh, we are the mother of networks. And when you deal with those three entry points for the 17 uh, sustainable development goals, you add to them a uh, communication dimension. It's very important to have a very strong communication because the stories of Africa are happening, but they're not being told, they're not being mentioned in the media that matters. That is why it is so important to have Momentum Africa podcast uh, that is really dealing with the islands of hope across Africa that can be projected across the world. Indeed. Uh, so the using sport and using red card to demonstrate that the this is the um, to, just to show the world that this you know aggression against women and girls and anybody is no longer tolerated is indeed very symbolic and is sense I play soccer too, uh, Dr. Gibril. So uh, I'm very happy you chose this, you, you chose this idea of the red card and, uh, you know, to get to get your point across, but also using, you know, sports. Uh, so having used the sports, it seems like you're using it for the right purpose, especially in Africa way we have a lot of you know, uh, emphasis on, on, on soccer. So uh, thank you so much for, for showing your leadership and also for the good message for people to sign up uh, and, and, and pledge to, you know, say no to woman aggression. And by, so that by 2022, once people go to, you know, um, Qatar, we will be in a, in a better uh, position, uh, hopefully. So two points. Having uh, having done this, uh-huh. yes, having done this, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Two yeah. points in that mm-hmm. connection. One, your listeners and your viewers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the link for mm-hmm. your listeners and your viewers. www.redcardpledge.com. Go to okay. www.redcardpledge.com to sign the pledge. Okay. Secondly, okay. Sport is a universal language. I'm very very glad. Uh, to note, uh, Ashim Meki, that uh, you yourself, you're a sports person. It's a universal language. No matter what your background, no matter what your economic status, it brings people across and it brings uh, women and men together to work so that we want to use that kind of convening power of sport in order to help us deal with this biggest challenge that humanity is faced with, which is to bridge the gap between women and men. Well taken. Thank you for uh, that note and uh, and also providing our listeners and viewers the uh, the link. So please do uh, sign the li- uh, the pledge so that we can make the world uh, and support uh, Dr. Jibril in this uh, great initiative uh, of pledging to give a red card and to say no to uh, violations. Uh, I would like to pivot us a little into uh, other of your many uh, roles, of course, and leadership uh, that you are the, uh, I mean, you've led fight against HIV AIDS, especially with your work for the United Nations program, uh, you know, um, working combating HIV AIDS, uh, which is uh, UNA, AIDS. So I would like to also congratulate you on your um, uh, being appointed as the regional director for West and uh, Central Africa. What are the some of the initiatives that you have enacted in this uh, area that would help uh, or have helped end uh, HIV uh, AIDS epidemic? If you can uh, share with our viewers, thank you. Mm-hmm. Actually, I occupied the position. I was based in New York as senior advisor to the executive director of uh, uh, UN AIDS, 
Mr. Michel Sidibe. Uh, and uh, I was appointed in 2015 as a regional director of UNAIDS for Western and Central Africa. And I carried that position until uh, 2018. And then it's after that position that I uh, was appointed as president and chief executive officer of the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network. So while serving as regional director of uh, UNAIDS for Western Central Africa, I was supervising programs and uh, activities in 26 countries of Western and Central Africa to make sure that uh, we bring an end to the HIV AIDS pandemic in these countries. West Africa generally does not have uh, infection rates as high as uh, some of the countries in other regions such as Southern Africa or East Africa, but it has its own challenges. So my job was really to supervise country programs to make sure that the United Nations is accompanying uh, member states uh, in their efforts to bring uh, to control on the HIV AIDS uh, crisis. So what would you say the outcome of this incredible work that you have led? I mean, have you have we seen uh, uh, improvement uh, improvement in that area? Uh, it's not being talked about as much, perhaps, but so that we can have a sense uh, that uh, is it a better place um, because of this incredible activities? Uh, has the numbers gone down? Uh, the HIV AIDS uh, crisis was on its way to improvement okay. in Western Central Africa, just like in the rest of Africa. Okay. But it has been impacted very severely in a negative way mm. by the COVID-19 uh, pandemic uh, at two levels. One, uh, the attention of the international community, the attention of the countries shifted uh, from uh, responding to HIV AIDS, from responding to even the fight against malaria, to responding to the fight against the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, so that, that has been a big uh, challenge in terms of staffing, in terms of health issues, but also in terms of resources, because uh, the meager resources that were going from uh, uh, countries uh, being devoted to making sure that uh, the countries address effectively uh, the uh, pandemic of uh, coronavirus, uh, otherwise known as COVID-19. So yes, uh, there was a, a plan uh, that has really worked in terms of uh, bringing uh, under control some of these HIV AIDS crises, but that plan has faced very serious challenge over the past 12 months or so because of the negative impact of uh, COVID-19. Talking about COVID-19, um, and thank you for that insights, uh, the whole world, of course, is suffering. Uh, can you shed more lights onto that impact that you've alluded to about COVID-19 in this country is where you serve, but also for our uh, greater, um, like you said, all those networks uh, and you, your organization is the mother of all those networks. So how are, how is uh, the, um, how are people and all these different communities and in, in countries across Africa dealing with this, uh, uh, you know, COVID-19 uh, as impact? If you can share yeah, the African there. Renaissance and Diaspora Network, as I said, brings the support, brings the partnership of the diaspora 
to African countries. And our own uh, assessment is that uh, people of color have been hit harder than any community by the COVID-19 pandemic. Why? Uh, because when it came to, especially women, when it came to essential workers, most of the essential workers who were still going to work when countries were in confinement were women. And they were mostly women of color. So that uh, they bore the brunt of infections, they bore the brunt of loss of lives. So that's point number one. Point number two, uh, there was also the economic loss uh, that was brought about by confinement because many of the uh, uh, communities were obliged not necessarily to be combined to stay uh, at home, but there was a big disruption of economic activities. And especially when it comes to African countries, when it comes to people of color uh, in uh, the diaspora. So that's uh, the, the, the third point. And then uh, the second point, the third point is really in terms of violence. Uh, there has been an upstick of violence uh, during COVID-19 uh, because many of the uh, women were sometimes confined with their abusers. Uh, so that, uh, that has led to a lot of uh, uh, increase of violence. At the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network, uh, we took a number of measures to address this. One, we organized a series of global consultations called a Women of the Diaspora Series. The first uh, one, and there were three of them, which were very successful on a global level. The first one was really to address the issue of uh, discrimination and violence. The second one uh, addressed uh, the issue of economic uh, inequity, how uh, COVID-19 has really had a very, very negative impact on uh, women of the diaspora and women in general, women of the diaspora in particular. And the third one was really, there has been a tremendous impact on the mental health of people and people of the diaspora in, in particular due to COVID-19. So on the one hand, having a consultation with leaders in this area to look at action-oriented kind of solutions to be addressed immediately. And then on the other hand, uh, to roll out the campaign, to give a red card to all forms of discrimination and violence against women and girls. So on the one hand, really find out what is the diagnostic, what are the problems. On the other hand, in a very modest manner, show what we as African Renaissance and Diaspora Network bring to the table. Seems like uh, your organization, it's doing uh, or approaching this issue of uh, the pandemic, not only the pandemic, but also the other issues uh, on multiple fronts. So that's uh, what is needed. And uh, you, your organization is definitely on the right track and you're uh, doing the community uh, good service. And all this, thank you for highlighting all those uh, areas because indeed, those are areas that the community uh, suffer from, but uh, your organization is making a big, big difference when it comes to this issue. Uh, I would like to pivot a little uh, from uh, the topic of pandemic and also 
the issues that you highlighted to bringing it back to uh, your home uh, region, but also country of uh, Senegal. You grew up in Senegal. You uh, have traveled across the globe, living in various cultures, speaking various uh, languages. I was just impressed. And I'm one of those people who love languages. I was like, wow, 12 languages, different languages. You lived in Brazil, Switzerland, England, and the USA, just among uh, the few countries that you've lived in. So how would you say, uh, has your experience uh, being shaped, uh, having lived in all these uh, different nations, and how does that uh, honestly uh, impact uh, your vision, your uh, ideals, uh, working uh, with your organization to help other uh, people through, uh, uh, through the projects that you, uh, you embody? One, uh, I'm a first generation literate. Uh, so as a result, education is very important. So equipping the African child with the best quality of education is the passport for life. So that's point number one. Point number two, my country of origin, Senegal, has always been a very open country. And uh, just like many other African countries, we say that the visitor is the king, the visitor is the queen. Uh, our, Senegal has always been a very open country. So that prepares the Senegalese child that I am, the Senegalese student that I am, to be open to the world so that uh, we go towards what we call from Senegalese uh, civilization to universal civilization. So that uh, education prepares you to feel at ease, to not feel lost anywhere where you are, but at the same time to remember where you came from, which is that you're African descent and that no matter how much you achieve, no matter how high you are, you need to always make sure that you reconnect with your community and to continue to learn from the community, but also to give back to the community because all of us are where we are because our countries, our communities, our families invested so much in us. And as a result, each one of us in our own way uh, will try to do whatever we can to give back to the community what the community made of us. So coming and visiting Senegal, you will be treated as a king and a queen for uh, being a guest. And uh, I, I very much appreciate the emphasis on education for our uh, young ones uh, in the continent, but worldwide, uh, indeed education is very crucial. So I'm very uh, happy that you sharing uh, this insight about you uh, with us uh, and our listeners uh, here on Momentum Africa podcast. So can you uh, just, can you advise our young uh, young people or young leaders per se in Senegal, in West Africa, uh, East, West, South, in you know African communities and youth, particularly when they're about to make similar uh, decisions on how to go about uh, pursuing their life goals. What advice can you give them so that they could become the next uh, success successful Dr. Jibril or the next successful uh, other uh, leader? Uh, three things. Yes. Very, very quickly. Sure. One, each and every one of the youth 
need to continue. Yes. Very hard to have education. Okay. Education is very important. And then the second one is really once you get education, you need to make sure uh, that uh, you find uh, ways in which you can relate what you're educated about with the experience. Okay. You need to have relevant experience. And then number three, do uh, what you uh, have done as you make it yourself, which is yes. to be connected, sure. to have an address book, to have contacts. We got in touch through social media and yes. here we are sitting down so that yes. uh, to have an address book, to have contacts, yes. very, very important. Uh, number two, as I said, uh, relevant experience. And then number three, uh, education. Every day that you get up, you need to find a way of connecting with someone and then keeping their addresses and then staying in touch with them. You never know where it uh, uh, leads you because there's no uh, magic to this. Yes. You work hard, you get the returns. And uh, today's world is a global village. You go from one part of Dakar, Senegal, where I am, just like you go from one region of the world to the other. And we have a very dedicated movement of youth across Africa who are not really afraid, who are not ashamed of really being at the same level as their peers across the world. I'm very, very proud and very hopeful and very optimistic by the very vision, good. the drive and the hard work of the youth of Africa. All they need is really to have support to implement their own uh, vision uh, in terms of uh, being the leaders of not tomorrow, but the youth being the leaders already of today. Oh, thank you so much for this inspiring and uh, empowering words. Uh, that being said, if the viewers would like to stay in touch or join your campaign, uh, I know you already provided us the link. Any any extra um, connection uh, contacts that you would like to provide, and then we'll conclude. Uh -huh. Yes, we have uh, our website, uh, aidn.org, uh, which is very, very active and which could be a beginning of a connection. And each person can be involved as a volunteer in some of the works that the African Renaissance and Diaspora Network is doing. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jibril Dayalo, for this lively discussion and inspiring and empowering words for our listeners and viewers and for people to uh, sign that uh, card to pledge, the, to give a red card to any uh, violators of human uh, rights, but also aggression against women. So thank you so much. I've uh, been honored to have had you on the show and uh, we look forward to having you uh, for uh, any future uh, discussions on how to uh, help uh, advance your goals and vision, but also how to uh, make an impact uh, among uh, you know, our community. So thank you so much. Uh, sir. Thank you very much, uh, very much, Hashim Meki. Thank you. I'm honored.